0: what a self-righteous hypocrite because he had done good he believed that made him good he didn't love his father he just worked for him to get what he wanted and felt he deserved he didn't want to rejoice with his father He probably had no idea what real joy was welcome to the parable podcast Thanks for joining Family Life's on-air host, Randy Snavely, as he digs into the story lessons taught by the world's greatest teacher, Jesus. In this episode, it's part two of My Two Sons, the story of the prodigal son, taken from chapter 15 of the Gospel of Luke. We are looking at the parable I'm calling My Two Sons, taken from Luke's Gospel, chapter 15, verses 11 through 32. As we look at these two boys, the younger one is often called the Prodigal and that's really a good term for him. The word Prodigal actually means spendthrift. In the beginning of this parable, the young man certainly does not keep the commandment to honor his father. In his request for his inheritance, he's essentially telling his father he wishes he were dead. You never received your inheritance until your father died. And for the boy to ask his dad for it now, he was saying, you are dead to me. The younger son clearly wanted out from under the rules that governed him in his father's house. He wanted his freedom to do what he wanted to do. He wanted to get away from his dad's authority. He didn't want to have to obey his father any longer. One time I got so mad at my parents that I decided to run away from home. I was angry about having to do something, so I took off. I went and crawled under an evergreen tree at the end of our street and watched the back door of our house, expecting my mother to come looking for me. Well, she didn't, and it was in the wintertime. There was snow on the ground. After an hour, I got cold and begrudgingly walked back home. But this young man is telling his father, I no longer want anything to do with you. Give me my money so I can get out of here and live and do as I please. Rejected love is painful. It hurts. And the more you love the person, the more painful the rejection. It can also make you angry. And it's a wonder to me that his dad didn't slap him across his face for being so disrespectful. But he didn't. Surprisingly, the father gave what his son asked for. Verse 12 tells us, he divided up the property. According to Jewish law, in a two-son family, the firstborn was to receive double of what the secondborn would receive— So one-third of the estate went to the younger son. Now, as I mentioned earlier, the father was a very wealthy man. It was a sizable estate, so the son got some pretty big bucks. Verse 13 tells us it did not take long for the son to take off. When he said, I want out of here, he meant it. He just couldn't wait to get away from his father. The words got together all he had, literally means he cashed everything in. He found someone to buy his part of the estate and took the cash. So one-third of his father's estate now belonged to somebody else. Jewish law allowed the father to run it until he died, but then it would go to another family's estate. What a terrible son. I mean, who could blame the father if he never wanted to see that boy again? But we know he did. There was a day when that young man hit rock bottom, and it caused him to take inventory of himself and the position he was in. He realized how foolish and disrespectful and hurtful he had been. And in verse 17, we are told he wised up. He came to his senses. There is genuine repentance on the son's part. Verse 18 shares an admission of guilt. I have sinned against God and you, Dad. The son didn't try to blame anyone else. He didn't make any excuses. He says, I am the one at fault in all of this. What I did was wrong, and I want to make it right. That is genuine repentance. In verse 19, he says, I'm not worthy to have the place I held before, but let me work to make it up to you. That is so like us, isn't it? We want to work to get back into God's good graces, but our wonderful Father says, nope, that is not how I operate. All you have to do is humbly come to me, confess the wrong you've done, and I will freely forgive you. I have been waiting and wanting for this moment because forgiveness and grace and mercy are who I am. You are listening to Family Life's Parable Podcast, My Two Sons, Part Two taken from Luke chapter 15 verses 11 through 32. Now the older son was clearly a hard-working son, but really that's the only good thing I can say about him. Verse 25 tells us he was out in the field. Sadly, that statement describes what his relationships were like between his father and brother. Where was the older brother when the younger one made his foolish decisions? There's no record of him trying to stop his brother from going off the deep end. He was out in the field. He didn't care. And then when his brother comes back and his father celebrates his son's return, the older boy gets angry. There is no love for his brother. There's no welcome home. Now, here's another clue that the father's estate was a big one. The older son must have been way out in the field because a really big celebration is going on with dancing and music playing, and he didn't hear it. It wasn't until he came closer to the house that he noticed something was happening that he didn't know anything about. Why didn't he know about it? Why hadn't the father sent a servant out to tell the older brother that his sibling had returned? Well, I think it's because the father knew his older son didn't care. All he really cared about was himself. As the older son arrived at the house, he didn't seek out his father to see what was happening. Instead, he pulls aside a servant and he asks him, and when told his brother had come home and his dad had killed a fattened calf to celebrate the occasion, the older son doesn't go in and rejoice with them. Now knowing that his little brother, who wasted a good chunk of the estate on booze and prostitutes, is back, and changing his ways makes the big brother angry. Now knowing the hurt and the pain his father agonized over because of his brother's leaving has been replaced with real joy, makes Big Brother angry. Knowing that the fatted calf butchered for this celebration came from what ultimately would be his part of the estate, makes Big Brother angry. He is livid. Well, his dad hears about his son's refusal to come in and join the celebration, so he goes out and begs him to come in. And here's what the older son replies, verse 29, all these years I have been a slave for you. Never once did I ever disobey your orders. What a self-righteous hypocrite. Because he had done good, he believed that made him good. He didn't love his father. He just worked for him to get what he wanted and felt he deserved. He didn't want to rejoice with his father. He probably had no idea what real joy was. I woke up yesterday morning, and the first thing I did was reach for my Bible. I had to look up a verse because I wasn't even sure if the verse was there. I don't know if you've ever had a dream that seemed so vivid and so real that after you woke up, you had to take a few moments to collect your thoughts and remember what was real and what wasn't. I don't think I've ever said this before, but I think I had a dream that came straight from the Lord. Before I went to bed the other night, I was thinking about this parable and how I really wanted to go back over it. I fell asleep and dreamt I was at a camp training for some type of Christian service. There were several adults there, and we were divided into teams of about 15 people each. We had a week-long competition, and at the end of the week, the top two teams were about to face off to see who the winners would be. Before the final event took place, however, the camp leader had both teams sit down on the grass and he asked this question. Relating this competition with the Christian life, how are you supposed to compete? One person said we needed to have endurance. I said we need to strive to win like Paul talked about when he said pressing toward the goal. Well, in the dream, my daughter Olivia was five years old at the time, and she was sitting there with me, and the leader turned and looked at her and said, Olivia, what do you think? All of the adults started chuckling, and our leader said, no, I'm serious. Olivia, how should these guys compete? And my daughter's answer was, well, I think they should consider what Zechariah five says and ask, why am I doing this? And that's when I woke up. My first thought was, who in the world quotes Zechariah 7-5? And my second thought was, is there a Zechariah 7-5? I grabbed my Bible, and this is what I read. Ask all the people of the land and the priest, when you fasted and mourned in the fifth and seven months for the past 70 years— Was it really for me that you fasted? You see, God knew their hearts. He knew they had a Pharisaic mentality. If we fast, it makes us look good. It makes us look righteous and holy. You see, they were doing it for their own self-advancement. They were putting on a show. The older son stuck around and worked for the wrong reasons. It wasn't for his father. He was working for what he could get. He was selfish. Because he was the one who stayed, he felt like he deserved the reward. That calf should have been for me. Now, if you think this through far enough, the elder son was saying to his father, I'm not the one who needs to ask for forgiveness. I didn't do anything wrong. I've never done anything wrong. Instead, you should ask me for forgiveness, because you never gave me a goat to celebrate with. Now remember who it was that Jesus is telling this story to. Verses 1 and 2 in this chapter say he was speaking to two specific groups. The tax collectors and sinners were the first group mentioned, and the Pharisees and teachers of the law were the second group. When we look in the mirror of this parable, and it reveals the hidden truth, whose reflection do you see? Is it the repentant younger son who represents the tax collectors and sinners, or is it the older son who represents those who do what they do all for show and self, the religious Pharisees and teachers of the law? My two sons, which one are you? been the parable podcast with randy snavely click the subscribe button so you'll know when new episodes are released and be sure to check out family life's other original podcasts including if that makes sense business by the book and rise up with steve therese and tim family life is a listener supported ministry your partnership makes podcasts like this possible find out more at familylife.org